Welcome to Brand New Information, a pop culture and political podcast. I'm Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life. I'm Jay of First Ascent Podcast. Each week I'll teach my sister about politics. And I'll teach my brother about pop culture. And, you know, we probably won't break the news. But you can count on us to put it back together for you. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Your ponytail reminds me of Aaron Rodgers when he made a really bad decision. I look like I'm going to steal carburetors out of cars. You do? Yeah. I don't like it. I vote that we cut the hair. Do you have, you know, you don't have a hair cutter out there? <laughs> Is it still really. here? I usually, like, yeah, it's by your house. I know. Jay lives, what, 2,000 miles away and you get your hair cut here. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Why do you? I like the place that you go to. I don't go to that place. You do. (laughs) I don't even go to them. You suggested it. You suggested that I go to it. Uh, We are sunsetting a segment called Can We Say That? Yeah. We don't want to get canceled. It was Suzanne's idea, and Suzanne kind of thought that we kind of can't say anything that we're questioning as to whether we should say it. Yeah, we really can't say it. And Suzanne's afraid of getting canceled. Yeah, you know what? I can give segments and I can take them away. And that's what I'll do. Willy-nilly, just take it away. Can we say willy-nilly? Can't say, <gasps> Wait, can't say can willy-nilly. We? It's against Willie Nelson. <laughs> willy-nilly, meaning without direction or planning, haphazardly. There we go. And they capitalized willy-nilly, just as an well, aside. Well, because Willie's capitalized. It's a person's name. No, like I got the Willie. Mr. Nilly. Mr. Willy-nilly. <laughs> Okay, so no more can we say that because we pretty much can't say jack shit. Can we say jack shit? I don't know. Can we say that? See, it keeps coming back. You can't get rid of it. It's like a bad penny. I know, like one of the dirty green ones. It's like a dirty green yeah. penny. I guess like we will address it when we when something comes up. We're not going to turn a blind eye to these phrases that we don't know if we can or can't say. <laughs> can't say that. <laughs> can't say turn a blind eye oh god that's right (laughs) any idiom you cannot say you cannot say raining cats and dogs because it's offensive to our four-legged friends (laughs) wait do you know what mine was gonna be (laughs) we're not doing this segment (laughs) but you can't say elderly what i know how else do i refer to the baby boomers i think advanced age or the olds. I think they that was, prefer. That's what I was going to say, the olds. I think instead of elderly, they prefer the olds. Although mom is not elderly. What kind of car would they drive? Would it be an olds mobile? Yeah, for sure. It'd be an elderly mobile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do that, but we will address the things when they come up. Let the listeners know that this was Suzanne's idea to stop this. I want to keep going. You would probably I have, have a- all kinds of. Can I say that? I know, but the problem is we can't. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Suzanne, I've got a fibro nostalgia. Okay. I'm going to play this for you. I like all the audio. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. He is a good dog. Okay, what was that? That was a production company, right? Do you want me to play it again? Yeah, play it again. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. (laughs) 
I like I like the end. It's so triumphant. Was that a production company? It was. I did some research for this. Okay. And it's Ubu Productions. It was an independent production company founded in 1982 by television producer Gary David Goldberg. Notable productions include Family Ties, Brooklyn Bridge, and Spin City. Oh my gosh, remember Spin City? Was that with Michael J. Fox? Probably. I think it was. Wait, and Family Ties was with Michael J. Fox too. Ubu co-produced many of its shows with Paramount Television and in later years, DreamWorks Television. The company closed down in 2002. Aww. Ubu's mascot is Goldberg's dog, Ubu Roy, R-O-I, a black Labrador retriever, which he had in college and subsequently traveled the world with. The closing tag for Ubu Productions is a photograph of Ubu Roy with a frisbee in his mouth taken close to the Louvre Museum in Paris. That's nice. I remember that. And I always thought it was boo-boo. <laughs> sit, boo-boo, sit. Yeah, I thought it was boo-boo. And then it brings us back to BoJack Horseman, your favorite TV show. Yeah, where he says, sit, ubu, sit. And then he's like, he is a good dog. <laughs> such a good callback. Isn't that just like such a wholesome, great thing from the 90s? Yeah. It's like the more you know. Yeah. Shooting star. I like it. That's a good one. Mine is Lilith Fair. Oh, Lilith Fair. Do you remember the Lilith female Fair? version of Lollapalooza? I would say like the female version of like Ozfest. Not Lollapalooza because Lollapalooza has female artists. What's Ozfest? Ozzy Osbourne had like his where it was just like heavy metal, all that like heavy stuff. Lilith Fair was a concert tour and traveling music festival. So it was founded by Sarah McLaughlin. Speaking of dogs, Speaking like she. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh my no, because she brutal. saved dogs. <laughs> That's what I was Because she saved dogs. <laughs> ha. Jeez. Tough crowd. You know, the eyes of an angel, you know, yes, like, yes. like all those sad dogs. That was my point. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. All the sad dogs. Oh. Okay. So it happened in the summers 97, 98, 99. They tried to revive it in the summer of 2010 and it flopped. So it was just a female solo artist and female led bands. It was all about like feminism. Mom and I went with your ex girlfriend, your girlfriend at the time. We all went to Lilith Fair. I don't remember that. You don't? Oh my gosh. Was it weird? No, I loved it. I mean, she. You're, no, like you're going ex, with my ex girlfriend. Well, she was weird in in a great <laughs> way. <laughs> I remember so Paula Cole, Meredith Brooks, Sean Colvin, Indigo Girls, Jewel, Lisa Loeb, Sarah McLaughlin, Joan Osborne. Was Natalie Merchant there? Mm, let me see. I don't see her on the list. I just rediscovered her album Tiger Lily. Oh, it's so good. And sometimes that like when I can't fall asleep, I put that on my headphones and listen to it. And it's like it's so peaceful and I love it. Just calming. It's like it's a great album. Okay. Well, I have a funny story about Lilith Fair. Indigo Girls were up and mom and I have always loved Indigo Girls. That was like our band from when I was just little. We would always sing Hammer and a Nail, Watershed. I mean, like, we just love the Indigo Girls. 
And as they're singing, and this was kind of before, at least it was before we were hip to like people being gay and lesbians. And I was what, probably 16. And I think mom was pretty, (laughs) I don't know, just naive. And I was like, mom, they keep singing about a woman. Like they keep saying she and like they're lesbians, you know, and that's great. And and she was like, no, they're singing about the country land. <laughs> the country land. So when they say she, they're singing about the the land, like America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so mom. I'm like, mom. And then so then later when Obviously, they're lesbians. I was like, Mom, they're lesbians. She's like, I know. What was I thinking? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. That also was just the time, though, too, when it was, you know, the 90s yeah. were, man, much more inclusive and progressive today. Thank goodness. I still love all of those female recording artists. Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, love her. That was a good one. Thanks. Thank you. It made me think of, and we've talked about it on this podcast before, but when they tried to reboot Woodstock in the 90s. Yes. <laughs> Didn't go well. Then, no. The Woods, the original Woodstock was all peace and love, and like the 90s Woodstock was like, we're going to burn the place to the ground. Yeah, that's crazy, and like so many sexual assaults and stuff. So much like mayhem. But do you think that there were like sexual assaults in the 60s, and it was just under the banner of free love? And, like, maybe it wasn't free. Like, maybe those women weren't all about that. I mean, it's possible. Right? Like, the thing that was so interesting about the 1990s Woodstock is because it was promoted by a 60s guy. And he's like, we're going to do a candlelight vigil at the end. And, like, they handed out candles that you could, like, lit candles to everybody. And everybody just took the lit candles from the candlelight vigil and burned the stage down. Jeez. (laughs) Like, so peaceful. It's a perfect metaphor for the 1960s versus the 1990s. Yes, totally. And those in the 60s thinking like, oh, this is how we expect them to behave. And like the the people from the 90s just going completely the different direction. Yeah, the people from the 90s just like burning the shit down. Yeah. That's kind of us. I remember that. I, I was in college when that was going on. And what I remember like... It? It was in the 90s, Suzanne. I, well, I know, but in the 90s, I was 10 to 20. You know what? Like, I think I am the youngest Gen X and the oldest millennial. And so I just firmly claim Gen X. Like, I, I do not see myself as a millennial, even a little. So there were three, <laughs> it was from 1999, and there were three deaths. Really? One was a 40-year-old man who had a heart attack at a camping site. Oh, camping is hard. (laughs) Did anybody die at the original Woodstock? Uh, That's a good question. I know. Oh, jeez, this is horrible. What? Um, Three also died at the 1969. Really? Two young men died from drug overdoses. Not surprising. And a third, who was 17, was run over and killed by a tractor that was collecting debris while he slept in a sleeping bag. Oh, my God. That's horrible. No one died at Lilith Fair. I just looked it up. That reminds me of an anchorman when they're like, 
Brick, are you doing the celebrity golf tournament again this year? He's like, no, too many people died last year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Of boredom. (laughs) Golf. Boring. (laughs) Even though my husband loves it. Wow, sick burn, Suzanne. (laughs) I know, sick golf burn. (laughs) Okay. Wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, what? Do you want to go first or should I go first? I'll go first. I was a little light on the wait what's this week. And thankfully, Laura came through for me. Laura, our editor, who we love, she sent us this wait what article. And as soon as I saw it, I said, wait, what? So this is out of the Washington Post. Woman suspected of killing doppelganger to fake her own death. So a doppelganger is somebody who looks like somebody else, right? Yeah. Like your doppelganger would be like, you know, like Dwight Schrute. Oh, Dwight Schrute? <laughs> I've been told I look like Hugh Jackman. And, You've been you know, told I, that once by one person <laughs> who's never met you. She just saw you on my Instagram stories. <laughs> so it was probably just a good angle. I've just been told. People have said. No, person has said. <laughs> it has been said. I know people, her and now me. Okay, two people, including yourself. Okay, so two parents were searching for their missing 23-year-old daughter in Germany when they came across her parked car with a dead woman in the back seat. They called authorities. They watched as the body of their daughter was removed from the car, except it wasn't their daughter. It turned out to be another woman who looked extremely like her. And so their daughter is suspected of killing her, potentially to fake her own death. I just have so many questions about this. So the the police began investigating. They issued an initial statement saying it appeared that the woman had been the victim of a violent crime. Well, duh. Yeah, obviously. Like, I don't know. So then they thought that this woman was the woman who was missing, but turns out it wasn't. It was her doppelganger. And now in the course of their investigation, Investigation. Arrestigation. That's an investigation <laughs> that ends in an arrest. That's what it it's was. It's an arrestigation. So in the course of their investigation, they arrested the missing 23-year-old along with a 23-year-old Kosovoan man. I don't get it. Like, did she, like, seek out so Like, how do you find someone who looks like you? Have you seen that post going around of the guy in the pool in Vegas? He kind of looks like Seth Rogen, but he's standing next to a guy who looks exactly like him and they found each other at the pool in Vegas like they were just both in the pool they were probably like 38 years old heavy set same kind of glasses same facial hair same face I mean it's crazy but I hope that guy doesn't try to kill that other guy you know what I mean it's kind of the perfect crime well obviously it's not oh yeah right oh <laughs> So, no, it's not at all. She got caught and now she's arrested. Like, did she, like, seek out the person to kill or did she just, she had to, right? Well, when he just ran into that person and was like, hey, you look like me. She was like, I could use I'm you. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, she's like, I could, wait a second. This could work out for me. I don't get it. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't either. I don't get the motive. Well, why did she want to fake her own death? Okay, so they believe that the suspects came up with a plan to find someone who could pass for the young woman who wanted to go into hiding because of a family dispute and then decided to fake her own death. 
So she chatted with several young women who looked similar to her online and attempted to lure them into meeting through false promises. Jeez. It's like the Curb Your Enthusiasm (laughs) where he's going to Europe with a woman named Mary and he got her (laughs) ticket. Oh, yeah. And then they break up and he's like auditioning other Marys to go to Europe with him. Go to Asia. Oh, to Asia. It's like Joey and Carl, too. (laughs) (laughs) With the leather jacket. Oh, and Ross and Russ. (laughs) Yeah, Ross and Russ. (laughs) Russ really does look like Ross. (laughs) And it was actually Ross's voice, voiced over Russ. Oh, really? That's why he's like, hey, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I have, uh, wait, what? From the AP. This is from January 30th. Australia mining company, sorry for losing radioactive device. Oh, <laughs> a mining sorry. corporation apologized for losing a highly radioactive capsule <laughs> over an 870 mile stretch of Western Australia as authorities comb parts of the road looking for the tiny but dangerous substance. It fell off a truck while being transported between a desert mine site and the city of Perth on January 10th. Jeez. The capsule measures 8 millimeters by 6 millimeters or (laughs) 0.31 inches by 0.24 inches. And people have been warned it could have unknowingly become lodged in their car's tires. Oh, my God. Wait, (laughs) what is at stake here? What If you have a radioactive capsule lodged in your car tire, like, I'm guessing that can't be good. Uh, The cesium-137 ceramic source commonly used in radiation gauges emits dangerous amounts of radiation equivalent to receiving 10 x-rays in an hour. What? It could cause skin burns and prolonged exposure could cause cancer. And let's just go back to the headline real quick. They say they're sorry. We're sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry about that. Sorry about losing a tiny, tiny radioactive device that is equivalent to 10 x-rays per hour. And could be lodged in your tire. And it might be in your car tire. (laughs) Wait, then it could also (laughs) be in your shoe. It could be anywhere that a small thing could be. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is in Australia? Is there a card? Is there like a Hallmark card? Sorry, I lost a, ra- a tiny radioactive device in your area. Yes, check your tire. Get well soon. <laughs> oh, my God. What's the follow-up on that? This is a story, Suzanne, that we are watching here at Brand New Information. It is a developing story. The search has involved people scanning for radiation levels from the device along roads used by the trucks, with authorities <laughs> indicating that the entire 870-mile route might have to be searched. Oh, my God. 870 <laughs> miles for an 8-millimeter thing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Whoever lost it, they're just – can you imagine? Well, like, do you just, like, throw it on the back of a truck? Wouldn't it be in like many different containers? Or if he probably like put it in his pocket pocket. and then there's like a hole in his pocket and he didn't know, you know? And a burn mark on his (laughs) leg. And he's like, oh no, this is not good. He's like, quick, publish the headline. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We're very sorry. (laughs) That's crazy. Wow. Okay. That's wild. That's wild. So we need to talk about... Ozempic. Kazoon tight. <laughs> Jay, you know what Ozempic is. <laughs> I don't. 
Yes, you do. You listen to a podcast all about it. So it's a type 2 diabetes injectable drug. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know what Ozempic is. You do. May cause. May cause. Happy Fun Ball. May cause. <laughs> May cause. <laughs> you remember Happy no, Fun Ball? No, what's happening? Oh. Is that pack or is that Prozac? No, Happy Fun Ball was the Saturday Night Live skit where it's like Happy Fun Ball <laughs> may explode in sunlight. Happy Fun Ball, <laughs> it, do not taunt Happy Fun but Ball. I think it was based on that Prozac commercial where it was like this bouncing little ball guy. No, it wasn't. It was way before oh, that. It was. Yeah, the whole joke is like, here, play with this fun ball. But there's like oh, all okay. of these disclaimers. That's the thing. Ozempic causes nausea. And like... Well, we should we should explain what it's, Ozempic okay, is. Okay, okay. So it's a type 2 diabetes injectable drug that does something so that your type 2 diabetes is okay. And the side, one of the side effects is weight loss. And so now like it's like... Like dramatic weight loss. Yeah. They say like an average of something like 12 pounds in a month or something I like that. I thought it was 25 pounds. I think that a lot of people are losing more, but I think they're Novo Nordis who makes it like puts out the average. And so it's become Hollywood's not so secret weight loss drug. Like, do you remember back when Kim Kardashian lost 13 pounds in 10 days to go to the Met to wear Marilyn Monroe's dress? Yeah. And she ripped a hole in it. Yeah, remember I told you about that on here? And yeah. everyone was like, how did she do that? Well, now we know how she did it. That's what this podcast was saying, was that suddenly everybody in Hollywood is like 25 pounds lighter. Yeah, and like there are people who have talked about using it, but a lot of people are still not. Like Chelsea Handler was on the Call Her Daddy podcast, and she talked about accidentally using it it's because it's known as accidentally use it because it's known as semi-glutide you know that's its name the funny name that we always make fun of when you like hear like adulamitinibide <laughs> active <laughs> like park assist yeah so she had taken that and she was out to lunch with a friend and she was like the friend is like, I'm just not eating. I feel so nauseous. I'm on Ozempic. And she's like, I'm nauseous too. I don't feel like eating. She's like, you're probably on Ozempic. She's like, I'm not. I'm on semaglutide. And she's like, that's Ozempic. And so then she stopped because she was like, no. But the problem is now it's being marketed as this weight loss drug. Like med spas have it. As long as you pay, like if you pay a thousand bucks, you can get Ozempic. And the type two diabetes patients who need it, can't get it. And doesn't it cause it? There's a chance it could cause, is it thyroid cancer? I don't know. Something. Like they haven't totally ruled that out. No. Like, and it's only been studied for two years. And so, like, this is a brand new drug. And to use it for weight loss, also, like, TikTok has gotten a hold of it. And so they're doing, I listened to a podcast and I'll link it in the show notes. It's unladylike. And she talks all about like the TikTok craze. And so TikTok, I mean, trigger warning. I know we're not supposed to say trigger warning, but I am. There's a lot of eating disordered talk. And it's just like everyone sharing like, oh, my God, I've lost, you know, 10 pounds in a week. And they're like, yay, good for you. And there's the Ozempic challenge. And what is that? So I think it's just using it and seeing it, how skinny you can get, which is very terrifying and awful and and bad. Also, as with any magic pill, once you stop injecting yourself with Ozempic, 
that's going to stop working and you're probably going to gain weight back. It's just all like very, I don't know. I have a super important, like super effective weight loss plan. It's called exercise (laughs) and eat well. And like, don't inject yourself with like weird, weird medication that like people who need it could be using it just for your own vanity. And like this idea that we have to lose weight, maybe it's not about what our weight is. Suzanne, maybe you don't have to wear Marilyn Monroe's dress. Yeah, maybe you don't have to. Yeah. And when you look at the celebrities who have been losing weight, you look at Adele, you look at Rebel Wilson, like Mindy Kaling. And I'm not saying they're they're all using this, but and all of the Kardashians like Chloe and Kim and Kylie. And it is like the New York Post had an article like is thin is in again. And then that's a nod to the heroin chic trend in the 90s. So like everything from the 90s is coming back. Heroin chic was a thing in the 90s based on this photographer. I think he was a German photographer who died of heroin. I mean, heroin chic isn't like some cute like, oh, look at. Yeah, you got a picture of Kate Moss behind you. I know. I know. I I contain multitudes because I love Kate Moss, but heroin's never chic and thin is never, should never be the goal. Well, I think health, health should be in, right? Right. And like anytime you're, you're cutting a corner, it's going to come back to bite you in a way to mix metaphors. (laughs) Yeah. And I think as far as mental health goes, you know, you and I put such a premium on our mental health. I consider my mental health as important as my physical health. And I think when you start messing with something like that, that it's just, uh, it would be a downward spiral as far as mental health, I would think. Yeah. I mean, they're so immersed in that culture and that mindset that I don't think that, what is it? Olestra? What's it called? Uh, no, Ozempic. Ozempic. It's kind of like Olestra. It's like ingesting yourself with Olestra. <laughs> Do you um, remember Olestra? Oh, yeah. The anal leakage. Yeah. Well, the thing that I think is pretty wild, wild. is that there's it's wild. There's this thing called Ozempic face. What's that? This is how kind of messed up society and especially you, you have to look at like just the wealthy and celebrities because I think that's who's doing this and TikTok people. So it really ages your face. Wait, so you get thin but then your face looks old? Well, that's the thing about getting thin is as you get older, if you don't have some fat on your face, you look older and older. And so there's deflation and sagging that can occur to a visage after weight loss. Okay, so this dermatologist, first of all, is saying that a 50-year-old patient, he says that he sees every day, 50-year-old patient comes in, she's super skinny from Ozempic, and then she's needing fillers in her face. It's just like, oh, man, it's kind of brutal. I'm looking at Novo Nordisk's quarterly financials right now. How are they doing? Well, okay. Well, March 2022, they were up 27% and they made $45.57 billion. Not bad. Not (laughs) Not a bad bad. quarter. Hey, do you remember when we first got cable at mom's house and we watched the financial network all the time? Yeah. We watched Bloomberg television. (laughs) 
and just laughed. And the funny thing is Russell will have it on now and like really be reading it. And I'm like, oh my God, you're such a dork. And the funny thing is like if we wouldn't have like just been laughing at it back then and actually like worked to understand it, we'd be in a much better place now. But we're like, haha, look at these funny numbers. We're like, there's so much going on. Look at all the colors and numbers. Ha ha. <laughs> it really is pretty comical. It's like a screen full of just yeah, it's absurd. Nonsense. Can we just all agree it's just all made up? Yeah, we need to go back to the gold standard. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. All right, so let's keep following that. Okay, okay, I'll keep following. Uh, Ozempic. 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 Oh, 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 Ozempic. We think it's really bad, but if you'd like to sponsor the podcast, we'd accept that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a good reminder to follow us on Patreon. Follow us on Patreon for bonus content. Yep, for Groundhog's Day, which is my favorite holiday. I celebrate it every year, and we did a review of my favorite movie, which I celebrate every year, also known as Groundhog's Day. Yeah, I can't believe that's your favorite movie. It's so bad. It's so good, and you'll hear all about how good it is on Patreon. Yes. All right, so the politics, Suzanne. Do you know when the p- pandemic ends? Okay, did he just say something about this? I think it ended last year. I think it ended last year, too, but this is from the Washington Post. President Biden told Congress on Monday that he will end the national emergencies to combat the coronavirus outbreak on May 11th a move that will restructure the federal government's response to the pandemic nearly three years after the virus first arrived in the United States. So coronavirus, the pandemic will end. It's scheduled to end. They they scheduled an end date of May 11th. Why May 11th? Like, well, what's happening? That question is the question that everybody is asking. Like, if it's over, it's over. End it now. Why are we like, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah it'll, and we'll end it May 11th. Yeah, I don't get it. Also, that's a Thursday. <laughs> that's so random. Didn't you tell me that things always come out on Tuesdays? <laughs> yeah, books and songs and records are all released on Tuesdays. Evidently, pandemics end on Thursdays. Yeah, I guess so. Like a demarcation of it ending is important for mental health and for trauma and for PTSD and for all of us to process what the hell we all went through. So like, I want there to be an ending. I don't understand why it can't be like tomorrow. Well, it's a national emergency. So there are all these federal powers that the government has because it's it's in the emergency designation. So I think what this does is it ends a lot of the federal powers and the federal spending related to the pandemic. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I guess it kind of makes sense to wind it down, but just the messaging on it is really bizarre. And this is as an opposition to the House Republicans' efforts to end the emergency declarations immediately. They were voting on a on a bill to end the emergency declarations, like to now. Yeah. And Biden said, "Oh, yeah, okay, um, yeah. How about May 11th? What? Did he just get out his Rolodex? Is it a Rolodex?" A calendar? A Rolo- okay, it's a calendar, Jay. I know that you are not fluent in calendars and like dates and times. 
I deleted the calendar app from my phone and uh, Topher, my dog, had an appointment today at 1145 and I went in at 1145 and they're like, sorry, it's at 145. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I must have forgotten to write down the one. But like the answer is I didn't write anything down. I just remembered it. Yeah. And like you you kind of like wear it with pride. You're like, I don't even have the calendar app on my phone. I'm like, yeah. And you keep missing shit. I, like you're like, I don't even need it. And I'm like, no, you miss stuff like you need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I used to remember things a lot better yeah. than I do now. Jeez. Well, are you going to put May 11th? Are you going to mark that down? I don't understand May 11th. <laughs> I don't get it. Thursday, May 11th, I will um, be celebrating the end of the federal response to the pandemic. So odd. Now, as I've said, and you've heard me say on this podcast, that as the pandemic is winding down and ending, we really need to assess how we did, which in my opinion is horrifically terribly. Yeah. And there's a great opinion piece in Newsweek that came out by Kevin Bass, who's a MD, PhD student in medical school. And it's really, really well written. It's great. The title is, It's Time for the Scientific Community to Admit We Were Wrong About COVID and It Cost Lives. Ooh. And he says we were wrong. So was he, he was one of them? Yeah. He says, I was wrong. We in the scientific community were wrong and it cost lives. I can see now that the scientific community from the CDC to the WHO to the FDA and their re representatives repeatedly overstated the evidence and misled the public about its own views and policies, including on natural versus artificial immunity, school closures and disease transmission, aerosol spread, mask mandates and vaccine effectiveness and safety, especially among the young. All of these were scientific mistakes at the time, not in hindsight. Amazingly, some of these obfuscations continue to the present day. So I think that's great that we're having this discussion so that this kind of response is, that really hurts underserved populations never happens again. And I, you know, some of our listeners are sick of me continuing to bring up the pandemic. But since, you know, we now have an end date, we were able to find a date on our calendars to end the pandemic. Yeah. Thursday. Thursday, the 11th of May. Of May. Not February. <laughs> not March. Not April. <laughs> so you're telling me we still have about four months of this thing? They have four months of emergency powers, yes. Okay. I wish that he would just, like, make a speech. This is when I miss Obama. I want an impassioned speech about how proud he is of us as a nation of what we did and what we've been through and that we are looking forward. I want there to be some inspired end to this madness. And I don't think we're going to get it. Well, we are. We are? May 11th. I know, but when you say like that's the end of the federal response to the pandemic, that seems like government stuff that I'm like, ugh. Gobbledygook. Yeah. That's, can we say gobbledygook? Probably not, but let's go we, with it. I don't think we can. It, it's it's bad to the gooks. <laughs> I thought it was bad to the gobbledies. <laughs> both. They they both don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I've always said that Biden should have a speech saying we're, we're moving into a different phase. We're moving out of the pandemic phase into the endemic phase, and we're focusing our efforts not on stopping the spread, which is impossible, but we're focusing right. our efforts on mental health services because we were all through a went through a collective trauma, and we yeah. all have to come together as Americans and rebuild. 
Like you rebuild after yeah. a hurricane, you rebuild after a disaster. Like we had a disaster and we just kind of like, it just sort of petered out and, and people who made mistakes aren't by and large, except for this article, which I'll link in the show notes, but people aren't really talking about it because they don't want to identify that they were for school closures for TSA mask mandates and all these things that have been profoundly debunked. So it's just kind of flittering away and it's not ending in any sort of come together moment. It's just, we're just going to memory hole it, which is a term I hate, but it's, I think it, it it applies here where it's just, you know, yeah, just going to put it to the bottom of the drawer and forget about it. Yeah. I, I hate it. I think we were all traumatized over the last how many years? Three years? Three. It'll be three, uh, over three years on May 11th. That's great. Like, time has, you know, we've all gone through our own trauma the past three years, whether you lost someone to COVID or not. We have all lost something to the pandemic, the pandemic response. Like, our lives obviously have all been affected. I think we lost dad to it. Yeah, we lost our dad. We definitely lost time with our dad. I didn't see my dad for two years before he died. And that's because of COVID and the response and and the fear. And it's that's trauma. And the problem is like, that's why we have a funeral is like a demarcation of, okay, the suffering is done. We're going to celebrate the end. It helps you process trauma. And when we don't have that collective coming together as a nation, when does the trauma end? There can't be this lingering fear. I think you see that in just interactions, just everyday interactions. You walk down the street, people's heads are down. You know, like you go to the grocery store, people are standoffish. And you just get the sense that people are just down. They're just all traumatized. Yeah. And and identifying it and moving past it seems like a really good thing. And maybe May 11th will be that day. It's not going to be that day. It's just going to come and go. But why can't it be that day? Why can't we have a parade? I know. Like, we deserve a fucking parade. Like, throw end of pandemic parties. We need a celebration. We need a recognition of what we've been through. Yeah, we need a recognition rather than just uh, move on like it never happened. Yeah. And you know what? Like, people like me who have been very critical probably need to back off of it a little bit in order to give the people who made those mistakes space to acknowledge those mistake and mistakes and like help us move into a different place rather than just going silent, which is what's happening now. Yeah. There it's like there needs to be recognition and then maybe some reconciliation of like, hey. Let's just make sure this doesn't happen again. Like that's the thing. And it's the shame know? that's all in there too. And it's like, hey guys, sorry for like Sorry for shaming you when you were questioning something that should have been questioned. Right. Questioning like whether we should keep businesses open. And if we question that, then we're killing grandma. Right. I think. And as a mom and, you know, you have a daughter, like there's just so much that, that still we need to process. And I don't think that we even start processing it until we know it's over because we're still part of us is still in survival mode of like. Okay, what's going to happen? Well, I I sort of ran into that a little while ago where I was like, okay, I'm making plans for the summer and, you know, what am I going to do this summer? And then I was like, oh, 
wait, no, I can't do that. I'm like, hell yes, I can do that. I can make plans for the summer. Yes. We got so used to making plans and having plans canceled because so-and-so had COVID. Mom doesn't want to get it on the plane when there's a one in 10 chance of her dying. <laughs> Come on, and... it's just one in 10. <laughs> get on that plane. <laughs> that was like March, 2020. You were like, come out and visit. Mom's like, I don't think that that's smart. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's smart. And then you're like, what? There's like a 10% <laughs> chance. And I'm like, so one in 10 people on the plane is going to get COVID and die? And you're like, yeah, then it does sound bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was willing to take that chance. Yeah, yeah, that's before we knew what we were dealing with. And when when it was dangerous and scary and people were dying and like there was a time like that. And so it's just not that time anymore. Yeah. So May 11th, Suzanne, mark your calendar. Okay. And, I guess uh, we remind have me a party. when it gets close because I don't have a calendar. I know. Uh, you're going to forget. You're going to, that day is just going to pass you by. You're going to, you're not even going to know it's over. <laughs> I'm going to show up on May 12th. Yeah. Not knowing what happened. Maybe we should have a party. Should we all have a Thursday party? Thursday, May 11th party. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jay got to talk about COVID. He's happy. <laughs> I promise it won't be for a while. We should go live with uh, on Patreon uh, on May 11th. Okay, we're going to go live on May 11th on Patreon and hold a party. <laughs> <laughs> we're such dorks. It's going to be the dorkiest party ever. Yeah, well, that's pretty on brand. <laughs> yeah, that is. All right, that's all, all the time I have, Suzanne, so thanks a lot. <laughs> Why did that sound like a threat? You're welcome. <laughs> Jeez, thanks a thanks lot. A lot. I, thanks for nothing. Thanks for nothing. Thanks a lot. Love Moo. Love Moo. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Brand New Information. If you liked what you heard, you can like, subscribe, share, um, print out copies to give to your family. If you don't like it, uh, just try us again next week because we're trying to get better. We're always trying to get better. Okay, but also rate it five stars. Is five stars the max? I don't know. Okay, rate it six stars. Six stars. Uh, yeah. You can follow us on Twitter at brandnewinfopod.twitter.com. Oh, good job. And on Instagram at brandnewinformationpod. Thanks a lot. See you next week. Bye. Bye.